0: Thank you so much, man, way to go. Love the time and effort you put into that. And uh, welcome everybody to 2017. Y'all ready for New Year? All right, so here we are, let's let's just admit it, we're all at this point um, where we have the whole New Year's resolution thing. How many of you are actually doing New Year's resolutions? Anybody got New Year's resolutions? Okay, three of you, four or five, all right. But let me ask you this, even though you're not doing a resolution, how many of you are looking and scheming and thinking about how you can make this new year different than last year, okay? See, we're all doing that. Why, now let's actually have some fun with this. So I went up and looked at what the top resolutions are. Okay, I got the top four New Year's resolutions. What are they? What's this, tell me what they are. Okay, lose weight, 69% of human beings are saying this year, right, either lose weight or I'm going to get healthy this year, all right, so that's number one by far, what else? Exercise goes in that, what's that? Money, it is, how they defined it was, I'm going to spend less and save more. So somehow people are saying, I'm going to get a better handle on my finances this year than I did last year. Okay, that's number three. What else? Travel. Travel actually was down there. It was in, it's not in the top four, but it was in there. Okay, here's number two. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. No, that didn't even get on the list. <laughs> so, and that's why we're here this morning. <laughs> All right, number one, lose weight. Number two, enjoy life. Enjoy life. I thought that's pretty, uh, that makes sense. I don't know if if you saw many posts or stuff near the end of the year. How many people are ready to say goodbye to 2016, right? (laughs) Okay. And why are you doing this? Because you're like, because this year's going to be great, right? You want to enjoy life, all right? I love how Jesus said, I came for that. I came so you could have life, right? So that's good. All right, praise the Lord. Here we go. 69. Lose weight, enjoy life, spend less, save more. Last one is, I'm gonna spend more time with my family and my friends. So relationship. We look back and we go, we know that relationship matters. So why do we do these? Why do we do resolutions or the rest of you who rose your hand go, I am thinking differently. I think because there is this voice, kind of a nagging voice inside of each one of us. But this voice has a vision. There's something inside of everyone of us in this room. And every year it kind of triggers into this vision that incorporates for us and we can see this person that we want to be and we know we're not it yet. And somehow at the beginning of this year that vision starts to creep up and it's, the conviction comes and it actually, it's good. It's a conviction and it creates this desire to say, okay, I'm gonna give it one more shot. Because I want to be that thing that's inside of me that I can see. And then we take action. And as I said, that's why the gyms are full right now. Ice cream parlors aren't. And then this summer, they'll switch. All right. Here's another reason why I think this is actually important for us. Genesis chapter 1, in the very creation of the world, it says that God said, Let there be light in the expanse of the heavens so so that they separate the day from the night. And listen to this. Why do we have the sun and the planet? Why did God design the universe for us the way he did? It says, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. This whole idea of years is actually God's idea. And I think it's beautiful. Can you imagine if we didn't have this gift of time? Can you imagine if it was just one elongated thing that just kept going? Can you imagine if there was no yesterday? Aren't you glad there's yesterdays? See, yesterday is a gift from God. It's done. Okay, I get to wake up and this morning, his mercies are new and it can be new. I want to encourage you because I think sometimes we poo-poo the resolution thing and I get that. But I do believe that every year God has given us this gift to say that was last year and this is new. And I think he wants us to think about the things that we're thinking about. He creates those rhythms for us. And you know why? It's because God has a vision. He has a vision. Every one of you in this room, he has a vision for you. He thought of you, he's designed you, he's created you, and he knows exactly what he wants you to be. And here's the other thing. He has a vision for us. This whole church thing, this was Jesus' idea. He came to create this new community of people who would love each other with the love that they had received from God. So K2... We have a vision. God has a vision for us. The Holy Spirit creates a conviction inside of us, a desire. We start to see this is what we want to be, and we act. So that song, again, the words, I don't know why, I just feel I'm better off staying in the same room I was born in. I look outside, I see a whole world better off without me in it trying to transform it. (laughs) Okay, what's that mean? I'm, I'm, I'm cool right here. I'm just going to live my own safe little life in my compartment. And then he starts having this conversation with God. He says, you waste all this time trying to get to me because <laughs> I'm not going to live like that. But then I love as the song goes on, it switches and he says, no, you don't waste time trying to get to me. He goes, I waste all this time trying to run from you. And I believe that's plenty of us and our human. And when we finally realize, why am I wasting time running away from God when God has this amazing thing that he wants to do in my life and then through me, because that's, and through me, that was the chorus. I heard you say, not today, baby. You're not hanging in your little room, making no impact today. He tore down the curtains, windows open, making a sound. I heard your voice. There's no choice. Tear down the curtains, windows open now. I'm going to make a noise. And I, I tell you, that's, that's, as we kick off 2017, that's what I want to look at here today. K2 exists again. It exists because God had an idea. This is his vision. I never in a million years thought of moving to Utah. I am super glad I did. I love it here. But it was not my idea. He put a conviction in a group of people that produced a desire, and then we acted by faith, and we moved out here. And the vision that God gave for us is we said, we want to be a church that actually has reckless faith in God. Reckless faith, which simply means we'll do anything he asks us to do. And we want to flesh out that faith with sacrificial love. Not conditional love, not when we feel like it love, but literally learning to love like Jesus who lays down his life for his friends, for others. And we want to learn how to lay down our lives and be free from this self and live sacrificially in our love. And we want to express it through service to those who are in need, because that's what Jesus did. That's why we're going to Honduras. That's why we're involved with refugees and single moms and and orphans, because Jesus says, I wanna meet people and hit their needs. And we wanna make sure that we draw everybody into an ever-deepening relationship with God. That's the vision we have, reckless faith, sacrificial love, caring for those who are in need, and drawing people into an ever-deepening relationship with God. So if that's our vision, what I wanna share with you today is we've been working for the last six months on saying if that's what we wanna be, how are we gonna get there? What's our mission? What is the mission that God has given to us? And that's what I'm sharing with you. Are you guys ready? Okay, this is your mission, should you accept it? We better pray first, all right? Let me just pray for us then we'll die. God, thank you for what we're gonna hear today. Thank you, because really the truth is you give us our mission. And you give us our vision. And Lord, everyone in this room matters in the accomplishment of this. That's what I pray you'd help everybody to hear today. Your own voice speaking to each heart here, beginning to stir and cast a dream inside of them to live the life that you've created them to live. And I ask for it in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so here it is. Here's our mission statement for K2. It's a new one. To invite and to equip everyone to live out the adventure of following God. We are gonna invite and equip everyone to live out the adventure of following God. And I'm just gonna tear apart this in three ways. Let's look at the first thing. I'm gonna actually start with the end: To invite and equip everyone to live out the adventure of following God. What is that? I love this passage, it's 2 Kings chapter 18. This is the message, which is a Eugene Peterson, who's a great scholar, decided to take the original Greek language and just go, okay, but if I was just gonna say it like I speak in English, how would I say it? And this is his translation of this Old Testament passage, so that would actually be Hebrew. He says this, Hezekiah put his whole trust in the God of Israel, and there was no king quite like him, either before or after. He held fast to God, never loosened his grip, And he obeyed to the letter everything that God had commanded Moses. And God, I love this. For his part, held fast to him through all his adventures. You guys, this is what we're like. You know, you know what the title of a definition of an adventure? Why did we choose that? Before we ever even moved out here, we said, "Man, K two the church. We wanted this to be an adventure with God. Why?" Because the very definition of adventure is an unusual and exciting, typically hazardous experience or activity. I realized yesterday, as a 51-year-old man, that means sledding with your teenage kids. It's pretty sad that that now is an adventure for me. But that's what it is, And, and it's important, though, to understand That an adventure is exciting. It's something unusual. But there's also this this hazardous part. There's a risk that's involved. That's what makes it so thrilling. And this guy, Hezekiah, he had these adventures. Why? Because he held fast to God. (laughs) Oh boy, here we go. And God held fast to him. I love in the New Testament, Paul put it this way. He said, I take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Let's go. Let's go on this adventure together. And I want to say it again. He has an adventure for you. You. And he has an adventure for us. There's something that's bigger than you that he wants to do here. All right? So, why did we choose the word follow? Why do we say this is what we're all about the adventure? of following God. This is what we want to invite everybody into. This is what we want to equip you to. Because when you open up the Bible, when Jesus started the adventure with his disciples, that's what he said. What did he say? First thing you see, he gets on the scene, he's like, you, come follow me. Come follow me. It's everywhere. And there's two key things, and I think this is why this word is so important for us today in 2017. Two key things when you use the word follow. Number one, it means that Jesus gets to lead. It means you finally have a leader in your life. And that's such a huge blessing when you understand that. Secondly, it means that you actually get to live in his presence. The reason following God is so key is you finally let Jesus lead and you get to be in his presence presence. Look at this. This is how Jesus put it in John 12. I kind of unpacked this verse a few months ago, but let's just look at it real quick again. He says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains a single seed. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Come on, guys, just don't, don't ever forget the magnificence of that image. One seed inside it can actually turn into a tree, and in that tree can produce fruit that has all these other seeds in it that can die and produce a whole orchard. That's you. That's you. What kind of adventure would that be if you started experiencing, instead of this? when the song said, no, I'm in my own little room, I'm safe, and I can't do anything to help change the world. If you stopped buying that lie And let God have your life, because that's what he says here, right? That kernel of wheat has to fall to the ground and die. He goes, those who love their life in this world, you're going to lose it. So in other words, if you love your life, if you got your life, and you're going to do your own thing, he goes, man, that's just not how my kingdom works. He goes, but for those who care nothing for their life in this world, they'll keep it for eternity. And then he says, anyone who wants to serve me must follow me. Because my servants must be where I am, and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Don't forget that part too. Don't forget this, you guys. 2017. God wants to honor you. Now I got to tell—I'll be honest with you. That's kind of weird for me because usually when I think of God, I kind of put myself down here, right? And God is—and I want to honor God, and I always do. But the word honor literally means to lift up into high regard. How cool is it that Jesus is saying, God wants to lift your life up and say, you matter. Your life matters. I honor who you are and who I've made you to be. God wants to do that with you. So cool. So let's look at this. Because this is the most important part of this day. If 2017 at K2, if we're going to invite and equip you to follow God, why? Why? First of all, that means that Jesus gets to lead. And this is huge. He says, whoever wants to serve me. Now, if you if you're serving God, what's that mean? That means he's the Lord and you're not. And and this is where most of us don't want to actually serve, we wanna be served. (laughs) But once you serve him, that means he's the Lord. That means you don't walk into the day and go, okay, this is what I got planned for today, God, right? And, you, and, and here's how you can help me with my life. No, when you're a servant, you walk in and you go, hey, what do you got planned for me today? <laughs> and I'm going to live that out. Now, we sit there, and I mean, in our human nature, we go, no. Kip Gertis, he was here for service. Kip and Angie shared their story last week. How many of you actually heard their story? Okay, just about half of us. Kip and Angie, he he said he had an amazing thing happen in his life when he he called himself a pseudo-Christian because he actually believed in God and believed in Jesus, and then he asked Jesus to come and help him with his life. And then the transforming moment is when instead of asking Jesus to come into his life, he realized, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm actually supposed to follow your life. And everything changed in him. See, that's when his kernel of wheat actually fell to the ground and died. And ever since then, he's experienced this adventure of following God. You guys, why would you want that? Why would you want to let Jesus lead you? Be following him instead of doing your own thing and asking Jesus to help you because when you follow God, God's stuff gets done. That's when God's stuff gets done. You know, Jamie Winship, right? He was here about four, months, four weeks ago, maybe six weeks ago. And it was crazy. After that message, I had so many people come up to me and they said, Man, we, we, need, to, we need to hear Jamie. All the women were going, Man, we got to go to the men's event. You got to let us come because we want to hear Jamie. No, you can't come. <laughs> My wife wouldn't let me come to the women's thing. You can't come to the men's thing. But here's what I've told everybody. Why do you want to hear from Jamie so bad? It's because Jamie actually follows God. He actually died to himself, and he'll do whatever God wants him to do, even get in the car of terrorists, right? And because he does whatever God wants him to do, he sees God's stuff get done. Here's my question, man. Do you want to see God's stuff? Or do you want to see human stuff? Do you want to see supernatural things start to happen in your life? God does. He does. But it only happens if we follow him. And that's the cool thing. So number one, Jesus gets to lead us. Secondly, the beautiful thing about following God is that then you're in his presence, you actually get to experience and What did he say? He goes, my servants, he goes, whoever serves me must follow me. Why? Because my servants must be where I am. The New International Version put it this way. Where I am, my servant also must be. What is God saying? What is Jesus saying? Listen, you guys, I am joy and peace and rest and strength, and wisdom. I am everything that you need. I am rest for your soul. Right, he's the one who said, if you're weary, if you're burdened, if you're anxious, if you're fearful, he goes, then take my yoke on you. Picture those two oxen, and the yoke comes on, he joins them together, and he says, once my yoke comes on you, you will find rest for your soul. You guys, I don't know how much you sense God's presence. Not know he's there, live with him in your life. Do you have him? Is he your strength? Is he your peace? Is he your joy? You guys, Jesus said eternal life is that you know me. The only way you're gonna know him is you gotta follow him. And I want to tell you right now, that's why at K2 The Church, man, our mission is we're going to do everything we can to help you follow God. And once you do, you will start to experience the adventure because God's stuff will start getting done, and he will be with you. Now, here's the key. Last thing I want to say about this. Jesus says, you have to follow me. And I was, uh, I was thinking about that this week. And I I, I realize that I think that many times when I have conversations with a lot of you, I think many of you actually are intrigued by this life. I I think you come to church and maybe you get a vision of the life you could live. And you could actually have peace and you could have joy and, and you could have this. And so I want that. And what hit me this week was you say, I want that life. And Jesus says, I want you. I just want you. And here's what I wanna help you understand. I think sometimes a lot of us who go to church never experience the life because we think it's actually a formula we can follow. Well, if I go to church, and if I do a Life Together group, and if I serve, and if I read my Bible, and, if I, and guess what, all those things are helpful, but many church Christians just want to follow the rules or the ways. And I want to tell you right now, Jesus did not say, hey, come follow my prescription. Come follow my rules. Come follow my, what did he say? Come follow, say it, me. And here's what I think is true. Sometimes the reason we want that life is because we can still be in control of it. That's what I want. But can I just encourage you What you need is Jesus. You gotta learn how to follow him and know him. And here's what's crazy. If you give, if you start to follow Jesus and not church stuff and not religious stuff, you know what's gonna happen? Then he gets to decide what your life is. He gets to decide. And I think that's where most of us go. Oh, yeah, I'm not so interested anymore. (laughs) Because I like my idea of my life. But here's what I'm going to tell you, man. He created you, and he alone knows what your life is. That's why he says, if anyone, another place, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And I want to tell you, man, I so want Nothing more for myself, for my children. And I'm gonna tell you, man, the only reason I'm here at K2 is because I believe that you can find your life too. But the only way you're gonna find it is if you follow him. One quick story, and then we'll move on. John, at the very very end, it says, Jesus said, he, he was telling Peter, That actually Peter was going to die through crucifixion, right? That it was going to be a nasty ending for his life. And then Jesus said to this, to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to to Peter, follow me. Wait, 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 wait. You just said I'm going to have to be crucified. By the way, he was crucified upside down. And now you're asking me to follow me? (laughs) Look at this. And Peter turned and he saw that disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. And this was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who's going to betray you? And when Peter saw him, he asked, what about him? (laughs) I always love that. (laughs) Does he have to go through that too? And Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. I can't wait this year to give everything we've got to help you discover the adventure of knowing the living, present, almighty, powerful, gracious, loving Jesus. That's what it's all about, all right? So, if everything is about the adventure of following him, then what are we gonna do here as a church? Number two, we're gonna invite everyone to this adventure I just want to tell you that that is why we're here anybody else how many of you love to receive an invitation right uh, I, I love invitations I got with this one this morning I haven't even seen what it said but immediately as soon as I get an invitation as soon as you get an invitation it makes you feel good why because if somebody gives you an invitation it means somebody was thinking about me and not only were they thinking about me they actually want me Somehow they're inviting me. I'm desired. And if you're desired, I don't know about you, but all of a sudden you go, man, I feel valuable. That's what invitations do. Here's what's great, you guys. Our job, okay, K2, the church, for all of us in this room who are actually connected to Christ and would be a part of this church, our job is this. We are called to pass out invitations. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Do it seriously? Yeah. Why are we so freaked out about passing out invitations? <laughs> because if you learn how to pass out an invitation, people on the other end should be actually grateful. Wow, so cool. You thought about me? You mind, I'm that important to you actually? You actually desire me? I'm that valuable? Yes, you are. Now, can I tell you what our job is not? Okay, because our invitation to everyone. In this world, in this valley, every coworker you've got and friend and family member, what's our invitation? Our invitation is that you could know God. You could follow God. You could have his presence and you could see God's stuff done in your life. And here's what I know. Every person you love, you want to experience that. So let's give them the invitation. You know what's cool? You know what our job isn't? Our job is not to make anybody Come. Can we just say, thank you, Jesus? Your job isn't to make anybody come, so just stop it. Jesus made it clear, it's the Father's job to draw people to Jesus. That's not your job. Your job is to give the invitation. Whether they're drawn or not, that's his responsibility. And it's, this is really good for some of you. It's not your job to convict people of their sin. Okay? Your job is to give the invitation to go ahead and, and live what is right, because that's what we do now that God's changed our heart, the kingdom of God is a matter of his righteousness. It means we just live in a right way. Now, just by living that way, sometimes people don't like it. Okay, but that's their issue. That's not yours. But it's the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the Holy Spirit's job is actually to bring the conviction inside someone's heart of, hey, this is actually sin, and righteousness you're never going to be righteous enough. you got to actually just receive a righteousness from God so you don't have the judgment thing going on, all right? That's the Holy Spirit's job. But here's what's crazy. The Bible says no one can actually be saved unless they hear. they got to be able to hear. How can they accept something they never hear? And how will somebody hear it if nobody tells them? <laughs> and, if nobody te- and how would anybody tell them unless you're sent? And here's, it's just so clear. Jesus says, here's how this works. Just as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. K2, the church. K2, all of you who are visiting, love the fact you're here. You are invited. Absolutely. Every week, you are invited to be here. But if you're part of K2, the church, our job is to pass out the invitations and make sure that every person we love has a chance at least to hear about the venture of following God. 2 Corinthians 5 puts it this way. He's committed to us, Okay. This isn't even our choice. He's committed to us, the message of reconciliation, and we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us, and we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So here at K2, you guys, we're gonna be committed to this. This is our mission. I've said this a million times, i going keep saying it. We did not move out here to hang out. We could have hung out in Michigan. We are here because God loves every person you know. And we are supposed to be a light for the world to be able to see something different, that there is a life of goodness and connection with God. So we're going to invite everybody. And how do we do that here? Right here, man, every Sunday. You have a chance to invite people. Just come. Just come to church with me. Just invite them. So cool. One of my favorite stories last year was doing Dis- the Discover K2, the lunch we've been doing. And there was a young guy who came up to me after it was over and he said, Hey, could you just help me to understand how to read the Bible? And I'm like, Yeah, cool. That'd be great. I said, You know how there's an Old Testament and a New Testament? And he goes, No. I'm like, Sweet. How awesome is that? There's somebody who doesn't even know there's an Old Testament and New Testament said that I could come here and I actually want, I'm very intrigued. He goes, I, I want to be honest with you. I had no interest in this stuff at all. He goes, I've come two weeks and I sat here and tears are just filling my eyes. What's going on? I said, man, how did you end up coming then? He goes, my wife's coworker invited us. That's it. Just invited them. Come on, man. This is why we're here. And we are absolutely, our mission is to invite everyone to get the sweet adventure of God into their life, all right? So, that's half of it. Here's the last part. To invite and equip everyone to live out the adventure of following God. I think for us, when we were talking about this this fall, I think in our 12 years, K2's been a decent hospital. I'll just use that word. I think we've been a decent place for people who just feel broken, for whatever reason, and they come in here, I can't even tell you, I heard it again. You heard, you heard um, Angie say it last week. The number of people who walk in here and the first time they come, they just weep. And then they come back and they weep. And they don't even know why they're weeping. But somehow, there's something in here that God is touching. And I never wanna stop being a hospital, a place that invites anyone to come and find healing. But what we realized, we gotta be more than just a hospital. We need to be a teaching hospital. You guys all know a teaching hospital, right? They still offer the exact same care, but what they're doing is they're equipping people to actually do the work. And that's what God says in Ephesians chapter four. I don't have this scripture up here, but it says that God gave some to be apostles and pastors and teachers and evangelists and prophets, some to be in leadership to equip actually the whole body to do the works of service. I remember when I first started, 22 years old, right right out of college, I had no training, and I was a youth pastor. I had no idea what I was doing at all. Read two books and started. It was crazy. So I just thought I had to do everything. But that's not my job. That's our job. Everybody matters. Your life matters. You are uniquely gifted and crafted to be using who God created you to be. But as I looked at this, I realized 2017... Here at K2, we need to equip all of us in here to know how to follow God. Really. And I got intrigued by this, but look at this, 1 Thessalonians chapter three. Paul is, I've always been, the first time I read this, I was like, wow, look at what he cares about here. He goes, we sent Timothy, who's our brother and coworker in God's service, in spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you, in your faith. We're gonna strengthen you and we're going to encourage you in your faith. And then in verse six, he says, Timothy has just now come to us from you and he has brought good news about your faith and love. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you. Why? Because of your faith. And then the last one, night and day, we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. And what I realized was, oh my gosh, Paul cares so much about this church, these Thessalonians, but what does he care about? He cares about their their faith. Why? Because what we do is we follow God. God. And I want to tell you right now, you can be religious and need no faith. You can say, what rules do I follow? What good things do I have to do to make God be, have favor towards me? Okay, give me my list, and I'll just try really hard to be a good enough person. And that is, the whole Bible's like, that's a bunch of malarkey. That is not what I called you to be. I did not call you to be religious, because if you're good at being religious, then you're going to be proud. And if you're crappy at being religious, you're going to be ashamed. So I'm done with the religious thing. I'm asking you to follow me. Well, guess what, you guys? You will not follow God unless you have faith. You have to get to a place where you actually, because the word faith means an absolute dependence and trust on what you can't see. And you become assured of it, and you put your hope in it, And you act on it. And then what you couldn't see becomes real. And here's what I know, man. A lot of you in here, you're not here. Maybe you got dragged here. But if you didn't get dragged here, you're here because you want this life. Because you want to know God. Because you want what he offers. But let me say it again. What he offers is himself. And we need to get better, and we're going to do everything we can in 2017 to equip you so that you know how to have the adventure of following God. Okay? So let me just give you some practical ways. How are we going to do that? Let's start right off with here. I'm just going to give you a picture of the next three months here on Sunday mornings. Okay? So next week, we're going to start a new series, and it's called Run. Run. All right? And it comes from this really cool passage where Jesus, or or, I'm sorry, Paul, he's talking and he says, in a house, there's lots of items that get used in a house. He said, now there's some items that get used for common use, and then there's items that get used for something really special. And he was using this whole thing as as just a picture, and he says, God actually wants to use every one of you for something special. Here's what we're going to say, three weeks we're going to help you know, oh, I hope so badly, that you've got to get to the point where you will believe that God has a plan for you. And as soon as Paul gets done with that, he goes, now i got three ways, the three things that you can actually do to help you discover what that purpose is, all right? So that's where we're going to go for the next three weeks, to equip you to begin discovering who you are. And then, right after that, we're going to have our men's weekend, all right? Now, when we have our men's weekend, you guys, sign up for this thing. Seriously, Jamie is going to be with us. I've been talking with him. He is so excited. I cannot be on the phone with that guy without him being so juiced. And he told me while he was here, one of the coolest things he said is he goes, Dave, we're in at K2, man. He goes, we speak all over the place. He goes, there's something going on here, and we want to be a part of it. He met with our men who are putting on this event. He said, that's the best first meeting I've ever had with a group of men. He goes, most guys are looking at me like, what are you talking about? He goes, these guys are ready to start tomorrow. I just want to tell you, man, he's pumped. And his whole purpose is to help every one of us, every one of us guys who come to K2 to discover who we are and to live out of the power that God has for us. So write down this day, man, all you women, write it down, give them a gift, send them to the February 11th, all right? It's going to be a great equipping for us. But here's the good news. On the 12th, that Sunday, Jamie's going to be right here on Sunday morning, all right? So he's going to be here with all of us, and we're going to kick off a series on identity. And what's crazy is here's what we, again, here's what we have to believe. We have to be equipped to believe. God made you. He designed you exactly as he wants you to be. And the truth is, hardly any of us in this room are fully living in who he created us to be. And that's why we're not satisfied. Because we're still searching. And we're searching in all these other things. And we're going to take five weeks and we're going to dive in how do we equip you to discover who God made you to be. And Jamie is so convicted about this. He says, once people discover their identity, they are Free. And so that's where we're going the second month, okay? And then our third month is, and here's what's important, you can't discover these things and you can't follow God unless you can hear them. You have to be able to hear from God. I would say Susie and I, probably one of the biggest questions we've gotten in 12 years here, is how do you you know that's God? Because right, I'll just say, man, I feel like God was sharing with me and God was telling me. And people are like, how do you know that God was telling you anything? I don't know if I ever hear from God. Well, here's the point. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. So we've got to equip you to be able to hear his voice so you can actually follow him. To be honest with you, we've got to equip you how to hear his voice so you can hear him tell you who you are. So I go, oh, can you tell him I look excited? Our next few months, man, are gonna be great opportunities to equip you to actually be on this adventure of following God, all right? So we're excited about that. Now let me just give you a couple things that aren't happening here on Sunday morning as well. Uh, Base camp, for those of you who are new, we wrote this to equip you, saying it all the time. Like if you were gonna go on the adventure of climbing K2 the mountain, right, which is the second highest but the hardest to climb, the first thing you would do is you would go to base camp and you would discover, okay, what's the route? What tools do I need? Who's my team? We have developed Basecamp for you if you're new in Christianity and you're trying to discover what this is all about. Starting January 29th, you can sign up for Basecamp. It actually happens during the 930 service. You can come here, take Basecamp, and then come to the next service, okay? So we're offering that to you. We'd love to invite you into that, even if you're still trying to figure out what Christianity is all about. Come and join us with Basecamp, all right? And then then get equipped. Secondly... The next step after that is what we call the crash course. One of my favorite things, the crash course is just, is, uh, by the way, a crash is a group of rhinoceros. I don't know if anybody knew that or not, because you have flocks of, of eagles, you have herds of cattle, and you have a crash of rhinos. And here's what's cool about rhinos. They can only see, they can run 30 miles an hour. So if you see those beasts, which you see when you go to Swaziland, when you see those bees, can you imagine that running 30 miles an hour? You would make an impact if you hit anything. But here's what's cool. They can only see 30 feet in front of them. They have no idea where they're going. And what we realize is, that's us. I don't know the future. He does. So we want to be people who fix our eyes on Jesus and run 30 miles an hour. And let him lead us into the impact he wants us to have. If you found K2 to be your home, if this is your church and you're saying, you know what, I want to be a part of this thing. I want to be all in. Crash course is for you. Okay? Join us for that. And then I just keep your ears peeled, you guys. There's some great other things that we're offering. We're offering a a class called Transitions. Many of us in this culture, right, have grown up with an LDS background. and, And then you come to K2 and you're like, man, something's different. I've talked to a bazillion of you. You go, there's something different about this. There's a different message. There's a different way. Transitions is a class that was designed to help you understand, how do I transition, make that transition from an LDS background into this faith that's on grace And that's certain in his salvation. So if you want to sign up for that, please do. Financial peace is coming up, right, which is huge. Again, that's one of the top things people are trying to get in order. So we're offering you that class. I remember Susie and I, that was huge in helping us get our finances in order. All right? So that's coming up as well. Please keep an eye on your program. Keep an eye on the website. It's on your app. We are ready in 2017 to do everything we can to help you Be equipped to follow God. And if you do, you'll see God's stuff happen in your life, and you will live in his presence. All right? So we're going to close with our time of engaging with him to give you a chance now to engage your heart and your mind with God. God gave us this gift. It's called worship, right? And so, what worship does is worship is your chance to get your heart and your head connected. Even first service when I was singing, there's some great words in these songs. And when you sing these songs, sometimes I have to sing them because, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting that. Or I realize I don't really believe this. So, worship is a chance for you to again say, God, you are trustworthy. You are good. You are love. You are worth following. Okay, so we're going to sing that, we're going to worship Him. And while we do, we're going to take our offering, and, and we do this every week. Why? Because again, what's the top thing this year? I want to get a better handle on my finances. You know, God knew that too. That's why, in the Bible, there's more stuff about money than anything else. He knew this would be a big issue for us, so He instituted this beautiful thing of saying, hey, by the way, everything you have is mine, and here's how is going to work. I want you to be a steward of my stuff. Just give me one out of the 10 I gave you. Just give me one out of the 10 I gave you. It'll be the best thing for your heart. It'll keep you from being so self-consumed and it'll develop within you a fresh heart that gives. So that's why we do it, because God told us to and everything he tells us to do is good for us and it blesses the world, all right? So let's take our offering, let's stand together and let's give God our worship. Tell him with everything that you've got, that you want to love him, and that you want to follow him. Let's do it.